This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. You know, with the events that have recently happened in Texas and how it has affected families across our nation, I felt compelled today to talk about ways that we can keep our children safe, specifically with firearms. Now, gun violence, there's a lot that needs to be done about that. But there's also other problems that we have when we choose to have a firearm in the home. And that's things like accidents, you know, accidental deaths, and even suicide. In my practice, I try to very non-judgmentally ask if the family has firearms in their home and discuss ways that we can keep their family, their children, and our community safe. And again, this isn't meant to be anything else except a discussion on safety. Because listen to this statistic, these statistics, okay? Now, I live in Ohio, and I recently found out that about 30 to 40% of families have firearms in the home. And that statistic is important for me as a pediatrician because it means that undoubtedly I am working with families and can do something to help keep their home safe. I also found out recently that two-year-olds are actually strong enough to pull a trigger and that four out of five first graders know where the gun is hidden in their home. One out of three homes with kids have guns, and about 90% of accidental shooting deaths occur in the home. So we need to keep our children safe from gun deaths and teens safe from suicide by firearms. And, you know, owning a firearm, whether it's for target shooting, hunting, or personal protection, it just comes with an ongoing commitment to safety and responsibility. And there are guidelines, safety guidelines, that can help you be a responsible firearms owner by following these many laws regarding purchasing, ownership, storage, and use. We need to create a culture of firearms safety, awareness of mental illness, and ongoing discussion of gun violence for the safety of our children and our community. We owe this to the children in the classroom in Texas, and to the many others who have suffered due to accidental firearm deaths, gun violence, and suicide. So what can we do? Well, storage is probably the most important part. So as a firearm owner, it's your responsibility to ensure that guns in your home are stored, and not just stored anywhere, but where they are inaccessible to children or any unauthorized persons. 
Hiding a gun in a closet, a drawer, or similar location is not safe storage. Safe storage is employing precautions, multiple safeguards that'll provide an additional barrier against unauthorized use. I'll give you some examples. So unload the firearms and they should so they should be stored unloaded and stored in like something like a locked cabinet, um, a safe, gun vault, or storage case. And the storage location should be, like I mentioned, inaccessible to the kids. Gun locking devices also render firearms inoperable and can be used in addition to locker storage. If firearms are disassembled, one thing you can do is secure the different parts and store them in separate locations. And in addition, ammunition should be stored in a lock location, again, separate from the firearms. Now, let's say for whatever reason you're out hunting or target shooting or you let someone in your family borrow a gun. When you come back, accidents can occur if you return it to storage fully loaded. So I recommend always make sure that you store it um, unloaded, as I mentioned. Now, there's a really fascinating uh, website that I went to to get a lot of my information, and it's called Project Child Safe. And it's really cool because they have safety kits uh, that can be used, and they also have references and safety brochures and even um, properly, you know, how to properly install, you know, Project Child Safe Gun Locks, or not specifically Project Child Safe Gun Locks, but gun locks on various types of firearms. And this includes also information with self-handling and storage, you know, storing it. So what can you do to keep your child safe? So if there is a gun in the home, as I mentioned, lock it in out of reach. I told you we talked about that and making sure you store it unloaded and it's securely locked and ammunition's locked in a separate place. But you also want to make sure that a child or a teen does not have any access to the key or the combination to this gun safe. And don't be afraid to talk to your child about gun safety. So even if there isn't a gun in your home, chances are your child is spending time in a home that does have guns. So talk about gun safety, and I'm going to go through some suggestions on how to create a plan. Teach children to never touch a gun. Children are curious, and so education alone is not enough. So remember, educate them, but also keep the, the, the guns locked. There's something that I learned, and this information was provided through a program through the Ohio Academy of Pediatrics, the Ohio chapter of the AAP, and they have a wonderful program called Store It Safe. And I highly recommend you go to their website because a lot of the information I'm talking about is available there. Um, if you feel motivated to reach out to your House of Representative or Senate or Governor about your thoughts about gun safety, then they also have some information there too. You know, sometimes we kind of feel um, a little bit helpless on what we, we can do to make a change. But this podcast is primarily focused on the what we can do to make a change is to educate ourselves and 
to, if you choose to own a gun, to store it safely. So one of the things that you can do is is plan ahead. So there's three steps to planning ahead. And the idea of store it safe is to reverse the trend of a irreversible actions. And even when I say that, I just get chills. So number one, restrict access. We talked about storing it safe, keeping all lethal means stored, locked with no access to teens or children. And that also includes, and I'm going to talk a little bit about mental health and suicide as well today, but that includes firearms, medications, as well as alcohol. Number two, so number one is restrict access. Number two, make a safety plan. So let's say you do have a teen who is you're, you're concerned about. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in regards to our teens. But one of the things that they can do is name three people. This is all planning ahead. So making a safety plan is name three people to reach out in a crisis. And this could be a teacher, a friend, or a family member. Increase adult supervision, such as even screen monitoring. Ask teens how they feel, how they feel supported, basically. And be creative and plan for different situations. Practice healthy skills to train the brain before the time of crisis. So number one, restrict access, store it safe. Number two, make a safety plan. And number three, understand that crisis happens. Remember, the first hour of a crisis is the most overwhelming. Initial de-escalation of process is essential so a crisis can pass. And the goal, the goal here is to use the plan to calm the situation and then seek care. So those are some ideas on how to reverse the trend of irreversible actions. Let's talk for a moment about mental health and our youth. What we need to do is understand youth mental health and preventing access to unauthorized firearms. So as a parent, you can approach mental health health care and suicide and prevention in much the same way as you do other health and safety issues with your children. And by educating yourself, you can learn what you can do in times of need to protect them and our community. Checking in on your child's mental health and asking the right questions in the right way is the most important starting place. At the same time, being aware of what lethal means are in your home. So what I'm talking about is things like medication, firearms, sharp objects, for example. And what you can do to prevent unauthorized access to them can be the difference between a life saved and a tragedy for families or whole communities. Understanding adolescent mental health, suicide, and risk factors, it can vary from day to day. We all have mental health, and it's just important to be cared for and looked at. And mental health is not stagnant. It comes from internal and external factors that contribute to our mental health, and it's always in a flux. So ongoing stressors can harm mental health, and someone with mental health challenges that becomes exacerbated or goes untreated 
may consider suicide or harming others. We play a critical role in helping identify changes in our teens' moods or behavior and can help support our children by having more regular conversations about mental health and seeking help during struggles before they turn into a crisis. Suicide is complex, and it's never the result of just one stressor. Parents can understand and recognize warning signs. And if you could do this as early as possible, can step it into a safeguard that their child's mental health and know when to seek outside help if needed. The first step for parents concerned that their teen is contemplating suicide or harming themselves or others is to examine risk factors, which tend to fall into three Three categories. So health factors, environmental factors, and historical factors. Again, I mentioned this before, but suicide is never the result of just one risk factor. It's instead the convergence of several life stressors. And even then, most people don't commit suicide. Mental health experts agree that the one most effective way to reduce suicide or even um, violence in general, is preventing access to these methods. While there's several common, you know, commonly used lethal um, lethal means, as I mentioned, firearms was used in 51% of all suicides among Americans in 2018. So identifying the warning signs, proactively preventing unauthorized access to firearms and other means by those at risk can reduce harmful behaviors. Violence, suicide, it's complex, it's tragic, but it is also preventable. And secure firearm storage is the, is, is the important part here. This is especially true for teens who have access to lethal means, typically by way of the, you know, from their own home. So practicing safe, safe, uh, <laughs> practicing safe firearm storage and curtailing access for at-risk individuals can be the difference between can be the difference in the life of a teen who's contemplating self-harm. Once a parent recognizes, or you recognize, and even begins to suspect signs of suicide at ri- or even risk to themselves or someone else, the most important thing is to reach out and talk with your young person. If you suspect that your teen is in crisis or faces an imminent risk, the best thing to do is contact a crisis outreach center immediately. Don't wait. Trust your gut. If you notice changes in your teen's normal behavior, things like they're more withdrawn, they're disconnecting from friends, their grades are dropping, or they're just not being themselves, it's time to connect and talk with them about their feelings and mental health and consider reaching out to healthcare professionals. Talking about mental health or suicide does not increase their risk. Ask your teen specifically about suicide and suicidal thoughts. One way you could do it is sometimes people are feeling overwhelmed and they may have thoughts of suicide. Have you ever had those kind of thoughts? If, you're in, if your teen indicates suicidal thoughts or you're left feeling uneasy, reach out to a healthcare professional for further assessment. Hold all discussions in 
a non-judgmental and empathetic manner. Listening and conveying that you're here to help is more important than giving advice. Stay in touch with teachers, coaches, teens, friends, teammates on a regular basis. And follow up regularly and express your concern and that you care. And if you don't see any improvement and your child continues to struggle, seek help. Contact a healthcare professional. While a mental health professional is ideal, remember you can turn to your child's primary care physician or pediatrician. You could even go to a walk-in clinic and urgent care and even local emergency rooms if you're concerned about the child's safety or the safety of others. Secure your firearms, your medications, your harmful chemicals, and ensure that all members of the family who have access to them know the procedures to keep them secure. This is not having firearms, ammunition, lockies, and methods of security accessible to the person who is distressed. Unauthorized access to firearms is so important, and I know I've probably said it I don't even know how many times. This plays a crucial role in mental health. It supports them by removing and reducing any potential access by lethal means that can be the difference in stopping a tragedy. Because firearms are the leading means used in teen suicide, securing firearms is one of the most important steps a parent can take. And this will prevent suicide attempt or any act of violence. There are several best practices for responsible and secure firearm storage, and we talked about those, storing the firearms unloaded, store ammunition um, separately, consider disassembling the firearms, as I mentioned, know the functionality of each firearm you own so you can safely disassemble it and store it, and double-check that your firearm is unloaded when moving it in or out of storage. Use multiple safeguards at once. There's multiple options to store a firearm, and the right choice will depend on how many firearms you need to secure your budget and depending on how you use the firearms, for example. I'll give you an example. Like, you're going hunting. Hunting is a rich tradition, often passed down from family members to the next generation. But please remember that safety should be part of every conversation about hunting and firearm use. The most important part about sharing this experience with your loved ones is ensuring they understand that proper precautions and responsibility in using these firearms can help make every hunting tip safe, fun, and memorable. Children and teens, as I mentioned, they're curious. They're curious about firearms and as a result may be tempted to play with the firearm they find. Make sure young people in your home are aware of and understand the safety guidelines. Don't go snooping or allowing kids to go snooping for guns in the house, whether it's your house or anywhere else. Do not tell them, stop, do not touch it or allow anyone else to do it. Leave the area and be sure to immediately tell an adult if, let's say, they come across a a firearm, for example, and they're visiting with a friend. Even if a gun looks like a toy, teach kids that it's to not touch it and that some real guns look like toy guns. So don't take a chance. Leave the area and immediately tell an adult. So we talked a little bit about 
three steps, you know, three steps to plan ahead. I'm going to end by talking about three steps for times of crisis. So number one, provide a safe environment for all. And that goes again with communication, awareness, and inaccessibility. Follow the safety plan. Enact a safety plan and communicate about it regularly. Give teens a chance, um, a safe chance, to use their coping mechanisms. One of the things I like to do is called the five senses, um, five senses grounding technique. I, I never knew what it was really called, but I always say you use the five senses and you basically say it out loud or in your mind. And what it comes down to is five things that you can see. So stop and think about five things you can see, four things you can feel and actually have them touch it, three things you can hear two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. I've brought this up before because this is an excellent way to ground, to reduce stress, really in any age. Finish with deep breaths and exhale. And number three is call for help. If crisis continues, be ready to ask for help from professionals. If you fear, if you fear for immediate safety, Take the teen or child to the ER, call the police, call a counselor, a healthcare provider, and you could also text HOME to 741-741 for support 24-7. I share that text number with teenagers often. So as I mentioned, you know, Everyone has their opinion about firearms. And as a pediatrician, my job is to make sure that if you choose to own firearms, that you do it responsibly and safely for the safety of our children, for the safety of our family, and for the safety of our community. Thank you so much for listening and following me where you like to listen to your shows. This is all part of growing up together.